Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 30 of the interview chair. No such thing as hard to reach parents. Before we get started today, I have to tell you I'm so excited to announce our new book by Connect Ed Publishing called The Generative Age by Alana Winnick. The Generative Age, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Education serves as a compass for educators and leaders seeking to unlock the transformative power of generative artificial intelligence and teaching and learning. This book explores both the opportunities and implications of AI in education, as well as the ethical considerations for its effective integration. In this timely book, Winnick seeks to reboot education preparing leaders and educators to empower students to thrive in the AI-driven world of tomorrow. Enriched with thought-provoking interactives, inspiring case studies, and practical strategies, insights, and best practices, readers will finish the book feeling inspired, knowledgeable, and prepared to initiate change within their education systems. Listen, I have to tell you, when I read the book or the manuscript, I learned so much that I had no clue about. And I know there's a lot of challenges right now in our classrooms and in our schools and in our campuses when it comes to AI. But people, sometimes we need to reach out and grab some resources that really make it clear and bring it to light to really understand what we're dealing with. And I think Alana does a great job. So I hope you reach out to connected.org today, add it to your cart and grab your copy of The Generative Age. Now, let's get back to today's episode. You know, I've never liked the tag hard to reach parents. Rather, how are we as educators reflecting on our own practices so we are not hard to reach? How are we intentionally building a sense of partnership with families so they want to connect with us? It is difficult to argue the return on investment when we are intentional in our commitment to connecting with families, such as improved attendance, better grades, and positive changes in attitudes and behaviors. And when those efforts are sustained consistently over time, it builds trust. Now, I'm convinced that when schools invest in this effort, not only do students benefit, but so do staff and families. Therefore, it is imperative that we create a sense of togetherness and commit to providing staff the necessary training, resources, and most importantly, the time, so that we can be purposeful in our approach to partnering with our most valuable resource the family unit. I recall sitting in an interview once and asking a teacher candidate the following question. What prompts you to contact the parent or guardian of a student? Now this question often elicits a safe response by candidates that includes contacting a parent when a student has either become a discipline issue in the class or is unwilling to do the work. And just as predictable, is usually the follow-up comment about how they also like to contact parents when the student does something positive. But this gentleman offered up a comment that I had never heard before during an interview. I'm not going to lie, he said. Having to call parents scares me. 
Now, I wasn't prepared for his response, but I will tell you that upon reflection, I appreciated his honesty. Frankly, I'm not sure why I felt surprised. I mean, my experience has shown me that effectively communicating with families is one of the most challenging expectations to meet by teachers, directors, coaches, and administrators alike. And to assume that educators enter the profession with the necessary skills to effectively communicate with parents or guardians is at best an oversight on our part, especially if those calls require us to express a concern about a student to a parent. When parents and guardians don't come to open house, parent conferences, or a school meeting, don't assume that it means they don't care about their child's education. There are many parents and guardians who are working third shift tonight, taking care of a sick relative, sitting at the kitchen table reviewing their student's work, or reading their child a bedtime story. Always remember that parents and guardians are doing the best they know how. And this one's personal to me. My parents never went to parent conferences for many reasons. One, they weren't formally educated. Two, they never felt comfortable on campus. Three, at the time, their English wasn't the best and they didn't necessarily feel confident. But the truth of the matter is, my parents had very high expectations of us. They asked us about our school day. They expected us to do our homework. They would sit at the table and even help us sometimes. It's interesting, right, that we can quickly slap a label on a parent because they don't show up. And rather than make assumptions, maybe we should be giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying, hmm, why would we think that of them? And so I want you to really reflect on that. So here's a list of what ifs to consider to try and improve our communication with the very people we should be aiming to connect with on a more regular basis in order to foster a more trusting homeschool relations. So let's go with the what ifs. What if every teacher sent a personal note, letter, or email to every student before the first day of school with a welcoming message? What if during the first faculty meeting, every parent received a personal phone call from at least one of their child's teachers and it included a positive message about their student? Staff could work together to divide up student contact information to ensure everyone received a call. What if teachers and administrators personally called parents anytime an email communication did not receive a response rather than assume a parent or guardian did not care enough to respond? Assumptions should remain positive by believing that parents and guardians never received the initial email or simply forgot to respond and they would have appreciated a follow-up. What if all cooperating teachers modeled and coached their student teachers on a regular basis so parent communication became something to look forward to rather than something that was feared or dreaded? What if school administrators assigned beginning teachers a communication coach to model and mentor how to make home calls that leave parents feeling like they have a school advocate to support them and their child? And what if teachers and administrators committed to trying to resolve student infractions with a student before involving a parent? Immediate parent involvement would be determined, of course, by the severity of the infraction. However, by first revisiting expectations to students and giving them an opportunity to correct their own behavior and giving them a voice, we would give them personal ownership and model fairness before involving a higher authority. And what if teachers reached out to their administration and asked for assistance with challenging situations rather than avoiding calling home? Avoiding communicating with parents and guardians regardless of the concern is never a good practice. 
it is critical that we seek the support of our administration. What if we encouraged every staff member to keep a log of calls made home in order to use this information to personalize the relationship with families rather than require teachers to submit documentation? Now, we want our staff to want to call home, so requiring staff to submit logs to administration only serves to perpetuate a culture of mistrust rather than cultivate a community of trusted professionals. Let's not put staff in a position to check the box that they completed this expectation. My friends, that's going to create a culture of compliance. And we've discussed this in previous episodes that we want is a culture of investment. And again, why make a blanket expectation for everyone? Let's just work with the individuals who are not following through. Let's find out why they're not following through. And let's give them the benefit of the doubt as well. But of course, as always, we must hold all staff to high expectations. We can never allow staff, including administration, to opt out and choose not to do something. Because that, my friends, is going to hurt our overall culture of our buildings. And finally, what if we viewed early release and staff in-service days as opportunities to intentionally focus our discussions on the importance of connecting with all parents sharing effective strategies to support each other, and then providing staff time to make positive calls home. And what if we took this last item one step further and we as a staff documented the parent responses? And what if at our next faculty meeting, we all gathered in small groups and shared the list of responses with each other as a way to celebrate our collective great work? And what if we curated all the responses and placed them on strips of paper and pulled out a couple of, of, out of a box before every meeting moving forward to remind all of us of the impact of one positive phone call home can have on a family member? At the end of the day, the best homeschool communication is initiated by school personnel who are sincere in their desire to approach each caretaker as a true partner. And when this partnership is grounded in a genuine way between teachers and administration, we will no longer need to be scared to call home. Let's reframe this notion. There is no need to be scared anymore. And there is no such thing as hard to reach parents. My hope is that you will accept my challenge this year of making at least two positive calls home until all families have been contacted. I promise I won't even ask you to submit your log. My friends, it is time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Casas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.